Hey, my AOWs, you guys know that stands for Army of Women, right? If you didn't, that's what it stands for. Today, you just get me and we're talking about social media and menopause, the good, the bad, and the ugly. So without further ado, let's not waste any time and get into today's show. Welcome to Health by Heather Hirsch, a podcast dedicated to uncovering many of the women's health issues many of us are wondering about, but few of us are talking about. My mission is to expose the current gaps in knowledge and care on all things women's health. Enjoy. It's no secret we talk a lot about genitourinary syndrome of menopause here on the show. So I'm excited to tell you about a non-hormonal product I recently discovered, which is the Once Daily Oral Omega-7 Soft Gels from Femininity. These have been shown in clinical studies to help decrease vaginal dryness. Omega-7 is a key component to epithelial tissue, which makes up a significant portion of the sensitive vaginal and vulvar tissue. Not only could you see improvements there, but additional benefits include healthier hair, skin, and nails, relief from dry eyes, plus a healthier digestive tract. I've been using it, and I can definitely see and feel the benefits. It's also free of gluten, yeast, sodium, GMOs, wheat, dairy, and other preservatives. To learn more and order your soft gels, you're going to want to head to restorefemininity.com. That's R-E-S-T-O-R-E-F-E-M-I-N-I-N-I-T-Y.com. You can also find the link in the description and show notes and also on Amazon. Thank you for sponsoring today's show, Femininity. Hi, ladies. I think I am just going to accept the fact that I'm going to sound nasally and congested maybe for the rest of my life. I don't know. Every time I listen to my own voice, like in the last several weeks, I cringe, but there's just nothing I can do about this virus that's kind of been around. So I hope you can bear with me. Today, we're talking about social media and menopause. And I want you to know that I don't mean just menopause or postmenopause. This definitely extends into perimenopause territory. Essentially, you know what? I mean, hormonal issues for women between the ages of 35 to 55, social media and women in midlife. And the reason I wanted to do today's show is I've been thinking a ton about this recently. As you know, I spend a lot of time on social media or it looks like I do actually. It probably looks like I spend more time on social media than I actually do. I certainly will sometimes batch post, do a whole bunch at once and then spread them out, you know, during the week. And then a lot of the time, sometimes I'm repurposing things that were on one platform to another platform. So it looks like I'm always on social media. I promise you that I'm not. I'm also seeing my patients and, you know, working on my book and taking care of my family. But when I am on social media and uh, PSA, don't do it at night before bed. But when I am on social media, you know, there is so much about this time in a woman's life, perimenopause and menopause. 
And some of the stuff that I see really lights me on fire. And I have to just kind of take deep breaths and calm down because I cannot respond to every single post comment. I just don't have the time. Plus I don't have the emotional energy. I would rather fuel that like feeling of like, oh, ah, ah, angst and like anger or whatever it might be into my next content, whether it's, you know, I did a YouTube video on why not to do pellets in hormone therapy and I'll do TikToks on, um, you know, why you don't need a whole bunch of lab tests. And then I get to sit and do podcasts where I can just, you know, spend 30 minutes talking about this exact topic. But I see so much on there that has really got me thinking, is social media for menopause been good or bad? So before this episode, I sat down to write a list and uh, partly because I wanted to have some kind of organizational flow to my show, but also I wanted to see like where it kind of landed. And uh, I don't know, on my notes that I'm looking at, I'm glancing over, it looks 50-50, but let's wait to the end and kind of see. So let's start with the good. And I'm just going to jump into the very first and obvious thing is that social media has brought awareness to perimenopause and menopause. By, that's obvious. That's, that's crystal clear. That's one of the benefits. That's, that's like the obvious benefits. And it's by all communities. So certainly it's lay women. And that's why I have sort of started calling you guys my AOWs because this acknowledgement, this um, awareness, you know, the hashtag menopause matters is a real thing. And it is activating this army of women who say, I, you know, for lack of better words, you know, I don't want to have the same menopause my mother had. This is not my mother's menopause. And, you know, I don't know who originally coined that phrase, but I certainly do think about it a lot. And I think that women do feel that, you know, in terms of where we're growing up in a digital world, in a social media world, you can definitely definitely go down any rabbit hole you choose. Um, but you can also get a lot of really good information mixed with some random stuff. So hint, hint, that's, you know, one of the downfalls, but it means that the army of women have activated each other and, you know, there's tons of support groups. There's tons of people giving really good evidence-based information. It's activated even the medical community to think about perimenopause and menopause. So I know for me, a lot of physicians that follow me, you know, sleep doctors, diabetologists and endocrinologists, primary care doctors, OBGYN residents even will reach out to me and say, oh, you know, Heather, I'm so interested in all of this. Thank you so much for what you do. And thank you guys for caring for what I do, because that's why I get to do what I do. So thank you. We all support each other. We all feed off of each other. And I've had a lot more people tell me they're interested in, you know, having a career in this type of uh, field, which is super exciting from the medical students to the residents um, that I see in person in real life here at Harvard and the Brigham and Women's to people on social media. And that's really exciting. And so it's not just lay women and the medical community, but it's nutritionists, right? A lot of the people that I also follow on social media are nutritionists, really providing really good information for people, really challenging the message that you have to be a certain weight or that you have to count calories, you know, really, you know, bringing forth newer and different ways to, you know, think about metabolism and weight in 2022. And that's really, really exciting. And it's also celebrities. Celebrities are um, really coming to light in this. And 
slowly but surely, you know, I did a podcast a few weeks ago on Kourtney Kardashian and her talking about menopause on her new Hulu show. Um, and, uh, we know that Drew Barrymore and I can't remember what other celebrity, it's like a big one have donated, uh, or not donated, but, uh, um, have helped, uh, ever, ever now raise money ever now as a startup, uh, femtech startup helping women get, I believe hormone therapy. And I should know, but I'm not hundred percent sure. Um, and so we're seeing, you know, people want to talk about this more and that's really cool. And so number two is that it's kind of starting to remove the taboo that we don't talk about menopause. That's been going on for a really, really long time. And I don't think that's completely gone because I do think that we still hide behind screens. We all do. You know, I worry about my kids and I certainly look up Google things about them, you know, in the comfort of my own couch with my blanket on at 10 PM behind my screen on a Facebook group. We all do it, but you know, it's still, I still hear my, my patients tell me, my students tell me, you know, I, I I wish my friends talked about this more. Um, and you know, I still feel as though my friends and family don't talk about it. And so we are getting to the place where we are removing the stigma and the taboo around talking about menopause and perimenopause. Remember, I mean, those both interchangeably in this show. And so that's always going to be a good thing because the social and cultural and political implications of female aging are are real. And we have to take those into account as we think about how women are now seeing uh, representation, images, knowledge, information, ads about perimenopause and menopause. So it is removing the taboo, which I think is great. And the third thing, thing is femtech. And femtech, I did an episode on femtech a, a few months back. You know, the good, the bad, and the ugly about femtech. And, you know, certainly I think that, that while there is a really large uh, space here for femtech and for companies to come in and do femtech, I am quite protective of women in this age group. But it means that certainly while probably startups are thinking about the monetary value, you know, original, uh, most companies start from an idea of wanting to improve the world. Most entrepreneurs start with ideas of, I see this huge problem. I want to improve it. Whether that comes to fruition or whatever happens along the zigzag path, you know, it's totally t- tons of different journeys out there. But I think that the femtech thinking about going into this market also stems from the fact that women are, that army of women is activated. They want to know, they want answers. They want more clinicians. They want, they just want better. (laughs) It's not your mom's menopause. Women just want better. And I think that, you know, as companies are starting to build and they want to solve problems, they're realizing, oh my gosh, there's a lot of room for improvement here. One of my favorite startups um, is uh, Rosie or Meet Rosie, which is a downloadable app uh, created by my good friend, Lindsay Harper. And um, I just love what she's done. She's an OBGYN. She saw that there was a real lack of information for women surrounding sexual health. And her app is geared towards women of all ages. Uh, low libido or sexual health problems is not just a problem of midlife women. It's women of all ages. And she said, I'm going to 
make something better. I want to, I've got my own ideas and I can use technology and I can use, you know, digital footprints and I can use apps and I can use videos and I can do all of those things to improve this, this space, this problem. And I love what she's created. Um, so this is totally not sponsored by Lindsay. She probably will have no idea. I even mentioned her on the show. Um, but quick plug for the Rosie app. If you're having libido issues, definitely go download it. It's so much fun. Community support. It's great. So, you know, I think Femtep is starting to take notice. Um, and you know, again, there's, there certainly could be, um, places where Femtech is coming in with products that are expensive and not helpful that haven't been studied or proven. And so, you know, there's always a little bit of give and take here, but again, it still means that I do believe that the social media surge in discussing perimenopause and menopause has really put this issue on the map. And, you know, number four, I think it's really inspiring the medical community. And I talked about this a little bit in my reason one is that, you know, people in the medical community are starting to see, oh yeah, this, this does, this actually does cross over into primary care or a cardiology or, um, endocrinology, whatever field it might be and starting to, to creep over into there. They're starting to see, um, how menopause, perimenopause are chronic conditions and how it really is important in, in, in so many different specialties and fields of medicine. And so I think that's really exciting. So as you know, one of my goals is to create a course for doctors and, um, I have been patiently waiting for one more grant opportunity and I'll, I'll fill you in on that as we go. Um, but I've got a lot of people signed up. If you're a clinician and you are listening to the show and you love this show, um, and you want to get more information about that, um, go to the link in my bio, either on Instagram, TikTok, and there's a place there where you can sign up for the wait list where I'll just be sending out news about that. It'll be an eight hour CME course. And so that's for healthcare providers. But I think, you know, and many people probably agree with me is that the army of women is going to activate a little bit faster than the medical community, but the medical community is my belief that will eventually catch up because they will have to, because the army of women will absolutely demand it. So guys, that's what I got for the good. All right, let's go and move on to the bad. But before we do so, Quick plug for my course, the Reclaiming Menopause Masterclass. Don't be fooled by the name. You can be in perimenopause. And actually, if you're in perimenopause, you get all the help for both perimenopause and menopause. So probably even better. But my Reclaiming Menopause Masterclass um, is a part online course where you learn how to become a mini menopause doctor using my signature Thrive Method. We put together exactly what type of hormone therapy you need. So it is really geared towards women who are interested in um, figuring out hormone therapy, making sure they're on the right thing, um, learning how to you know adjust it, know when it's right, and then know what to do once you feel good. And we have weekly calls and support groups in our private Facebook group, and we have the most fun and such a strong sisterhood. And so if you want to work with me, it's definitely the fastest way. And you can always sign up for this class, which is going to be in the link in the description of the show notes. All right, back from my quick coffee break there. 
All right. So the bad, if you've stuck with me for the show this far, this is where I might get a little unhinged. So just to bear with me, I do use this podcast as therapy. 100% I do. Um, and again, I told you that there are so many things I see that I want to like shout and scream and write back on social media, but I just don't because I know that it's actually a waste of my emotional energy in my mental capabilities, and I will just store it away for, for this moment. So again, make it unhinged. All right. In medicine, we have a saying, there's too many cooks in the kitchen. And you, you might have this saying in your own you know, profession. It's, it's probably not just for medicine. That's just the only world that I know. Too many cooks in the kitchen. Um, and that's when you know, a patient has like too many doctors. And you know, all these brilliant doctors are telling her all these different things. And so she's like, I just don't know what to do. This doctor says X. This doctor says Z. This doctor says F. I mean, there's just what, where are you all coming from? Didn't you all go to medical school? Did you all read the same textbook? And, you know, so then we say, look, there's probably just too many cooks in the kitchen and it's complicating the picture. And actually psychology teaches us that the more options we have, the more analysis paralysis we have, the more options we have, the the harder it actually is to make a, a decision. So there's too many cooks in the kitchen and this happens in real life all the time, right? You can probably think of your own scenario, but on social media, there's way too many cooks in the kitchen. Like, wow. And some of them are just coming out of the woodworks and maybe I'm one of them. Fine. You want to consider me one? Totally fine. Right. I am a cook that we're all cooks. Um, and some of us have professional degrees. Some of us don't. It's not saying that it's a guarantee that if you have a professional degree that you are spewing always evidence-based facts, you could not be. And it's also, you know, the same to say you could be a non-professional lay person, but really be spreading evidence-based knowledge to people, or you could be doing the exact opposite. So in some ways there's no right or there's no rhyme or reason, right, wrong. There is way too much noise And the noise is frustrating to people. It's frustrating to me because so much of what I read, and again, let's just, let's just take the perspective that I know what I'm talking about. And I'm pretty sure that I do, um, because I was watching, um, the D'Amelio sisters on Hulu the other night, only just because it came on after something else. I watched it for about 10 minutes. Then I was like, I gotta stop. But Carly D'Amelio, you may not know, but I, I believe, and I barely know her, but, um, she's one of the most followed people on TikTok. And, you know, she does these silly little dances on TikTok, but I watched and she, you know, there's a scene with her and she was like, I'm just a dancer. And she kind of, they throw back pictures of her dancing as a little kid and going to rehearsals and doing all this stuff. And, um, she's talking about how, how much she practices and how much she loves it. And I was like, she has mastered her craft. She's really mastered it. She spent hundreds of thousands of hours in her like 16 year old life, just dancing. And it's not actually, yes, there's a little bit of luck and a little bit of timing that she became so famous on TikTok, but it's not just that there is talent there. There's talent plus timing and and a little bit of luck, but there's real talent there. And, uh, so I thought, ah, I think I am a master in my field because I've spent so many hours talking, thinking, reading, writing, podcasting about menopause. I mean, just, I couldn't even begin to count. 
over the last several years, I dream about it. I dream about you guys. I dream about my patients. I dream about podcast topics. It's, it's, it's unhealthy. It's borderline unhealthy. But let's just say for a second, I know what I'm talking about. Because I think that I do. And I can't tell you how many posts I read that are just totally wrong or totally biased. Um, and, and so much stuff is just harmful to women. And it's preying upon people's insecurities. And it's working. And it could be actually medically dangerous, like pellets. And I have done countless episodes on pellets. And, and I can certainly do another one. I'm sure if you scroll back, I have one on why. I don't recommend pellet therapy, specifically super therapeutic levels of testosterone. Why I don't recommend Dutch testing, all this unnecessary lab testing. Um, and by unnecessary, I mean like more than the basics. So don't get me wrong. I do basic lab work, of course, but I don't need to go checking, um, you know, byproducts and byproducts and byproducts. It's just unnecessary. Um, so it's hard for women to actually figure out what the frick to do. And you lay that on top of the fact that there's not a lot of clinicians in the area, or there's not a lot of people like me. I am not the only person like me. I'm not the only person who can sit and say, I know a lot about menopause. There's more. I have had mentors. I didn't learn all this on my own. Um, but there's not that many. There's just not that many. If you think about how many cardiologists there are compared to how many menopause doctors there are, it should probably be flip-flopped. No, no, no. It shouldn't be flip-flopped. It should be equal. I love you cardiologists. You do a very good, very good heart stuff. Um, so there's way too much noise and I think it's complicating things a lot. I think that, you know, um, there's also this idea that I think that sometimes I think that people want to be queen bee. Yeah. Let's talk about queen bee. People want to be queen bee. Some people do in every field, in any of your jobs, in any of your friend groups, in amongst, I'm sure every sort of subgroup on the planet, people want to be queen bees. I'm sure my daughter's daycare, probably my daughter wants to be queen bee. And, and let's just talk about the elephant in the room that some people want to be menopause queen bee. And I'll tell you what, maybe you think that I do, but I don't, I don't at all. I, 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 and I'll tell you why I don't mind being vocal and I don't mind having a large platform, but I'm always going to want other people's other people to help other people especially, no, particularly those whom, you know, are talking about evidence-based medicine, which, which many of my, the people that I follow do. Um, but we all need each other to spread the same message and we all need to encourage, um, you know, the same messaging to patients, to the army of women and not polarize people. And people are doing that because they want a following or they want to be a queen bee that's where I have a really big problem. And, uh, it's distracting. It's distracting from the message. It's distracting from the health. It's distracting from everyone's satisfaction. And, uh, I worry that social media has made that a little bit more obvious, um, or a little bit more prominent or just a little bit more problematic. Um, and so, uh, you know, I definitely don't endorse that, um, but it's another it's another issue on the uh, on the on the bad list. It's probably the ugly. It's probably the ugly, but really the bad is just there's too many cooks in the kitchen. There's too much noise. There's too many things 
complicating the message. And what is happening is that we're then like missing the whole point. And I think we are overcomplicating perimenopause and menopause. So if I had to simplify five perimenopause, it would be based on your symptomatology, we can treat you. Literally, that's it. You know, it's, it's just that simple. And menopause is you don't make estrogen, progesterone, testosterone anymore. There's lots of things you can do to improve that. 75% of women have symptoms that last for five to seven years. If you're healthy and within 10 years from menopause, you're definitely an excellent candidate for hormone therapy and there's many benefits to it. Bam. That's literally the, the main message we need to send. And it just gets, you know, via this telephone, it gets very, very convoluted. And then people try to own certain things and it's, you know, it's strange. And, 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 you know, some people are underqualified that are giving advice. Certainly, um, they're, and they're, um, maybe trying to do their best, maybe trying to create a niche for themselves, maybe trying to create a business. And I can't knock that hustle, but I do when it comes to giving advice that you are not qualified to be giving. And again, just like I had mentioned, there are certainly people who have the qualifications who aren't giving good information. And that I think is where if you don't have all the knowledge, you get really twisted because how the heck can you know? And, and so that's the thing that lights me on fire that keeps me up at night. I mean, you know, when I had this TikTok post go viral where he talked about why I don't recommend pellets and people just started, it just became this thread of, you know, um, just people, people really judging each other for either doing it or not doing it or asking where to get it or, you know, going on and on, I, you know, it kept me up at night. But I thought that again, this is, this is the, the ugly of of social media and perimenopause and menopause. And, um, you know, so I think that it, it, at the, at the, at the ugliest, you know, there's, there's queen bee type symptomatology and, and there can be a lot of harm in the misinformation out there and that, whether it's about hormone therapy, whether it's about pellets, whether it's about unnecessary blood testing, salivary testing, Dutch testing, even, even something simple like estrogen dominance, which is the term that makes me roll over. I was going to say my grave, I don't know, roll over in the middle of the night. That's probably better for, for my audience. Right. Um, and so it's hard to say it's all good. It's hard to say it's all good. There is definitely things that worry me from a perspective of somebody who spends a good majority of her time making content for women to consume on perimenopause and menopause. Guys, I took a quick co coffee break blah, um, because I realized I really was on a little bit of a rant. I love podcasting. I love it so much. The only thing I miss is being able to interact with you and hearing what you think about my comments and my topics. You are always welcome to email me or DM me. My Instagram handle is Heather Hirsch MD. That's my handle on all social media platforms now, TikTok, um, Twitter, um, and Facebook, depending on where you listen to the show. Um, and I thank you guys so much for uh, listening to the show. It's growing like crazy. And that's great. That's one of the great things about social media. You know, I, during my second coffee break here, I thought, all right, let's, let's, let's bring this around to a little bit more of a positive vibe to end on. Um, and certainly I don't think my career could be as successful or as blooming or as exciting as it is 
without social media, activating you, activating the army of women, activating the army of women who are going to change the world. Medical, medical professionals, medical education changes slower than molasses, but with a little bit of pushing. We've seen this in other types of fields. Um, we've seen this in terms of opioids. We've seen this in terms, terms of mental health during the pandemic. There have been times where uh, enough people have said enough, we need more in this area that it's, it has worked. And I think perimenopause and menopause are going to be the same. But because of the social and cultural and political issues around women's aging, it's still going to take a lot of a, a big army. And uh, I'm so excited you're on this journey. So thank you guys. Thank you guys. Thank you guys for listening. I'm so excited to have Restore Femininity as my podcast sponsor for the next two months. I am so thankful for you listening. Please like, share, send this podcast to a friend if they're not already hooked on the show. And if you haven't checked out my new website, it is all nice and updated, heatherhirschmd.com. And I'd love to see you guys back for a brand new episode. Definitely hit the subscribe button and I'll see you next Wednesday. If I haven't already done so, thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening to my show. Consider subscribing so you never miss an episode. Also, if you love the show, your stars or a quick review could really help other women who are searching for information on menopause and midlife around the globe find this show. If you want to work with me, consider the Reclaiming Menopause Masterclass. The link for that is in the description to this show. Thank you again from the bottom of my heart for all your support, and I'll see you next week for a brand new episode. Episode.